as it being Pentecost Sunday, let, let me actually start it this way. Um, a good buddy of mine called me yesterday, and there was he was half joking, half kind of burdened in this comment. And he said, why isn't Pentecost Sunday celebrated like Christmas and Easter? Right? I mean, I will never discount the importance of Jesus being born and Jesus dying and Jesus raising from the, from the grave. All of that kind of stuff. I will never discount that. But why does Holy Spirit get backseat? Even in like Pentecostal circles, right? Like, why does he always get the back seat? It's named last in the Trinity. <laughs> He's the easiest one to throw away in people's theologies. And I've always kind of like this this buddy of mine who who, who called me and kind of because he knows where to poke me, right? Well, it shouldn't be that way kind of thing, right? It's like, what are we thinking? What are we doing, right? Pentecost Sunday should be the most important, not, not the most important, but one of the most important days that we should celebrate as Christians. Yes? Or else, I believe that we di- we've already discounted the Holy Spirit if, we're, if we don't acknowledge it and if we don't say, wow. What in the world took place? And it was it, Pentecost is beyond just oh wow there was tongues of fire and whoa people million a thousand sorry not millions thousands of people came to the Lord. It's more than that. It's actually saying hey, you now have an invitation to know the Lord, to have the Lord. And to interpret this book. Without Holy Spirit, this is a book. Right? This is nothing without Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? This is just a big old history lesson. It's got some cool war stories in it. It's got some, whoa, oh, whoa, who are they? <laughs> kind of things in it. It's got all of these things. And if Holy Spirit is not in our Bible reading, we have lost our ever-loving mind. Holy Spirit gives us an imitation of even saying, of even giving the permission of saying, Jesus is my Savior. Right? I'm sorry, you didn't come to the Lord any other way. But by the Holy Spirit's work on you, you can't understand Scripture any other way other than Holy Spirit's work in it to illuminate it to you. Right? People had to go to great lengths back in the day to to interact with the Spirit of God. Right? Has anybody ever studied the tabernacle in here? A little bit. The most important part that I'll highlight in the next you know, couple minutes here is in the tabernacle, there was a place called the Holy of Holies. Yes? Have we, do we know this? 
It is a place where very, very special and anointed people could only enter. The highest of high priests. Yes? And it was even such a place with such a weightiness of the presence of the Lord, where if you didn't atone for your sins properly, you could die in it. To the extent that they actually tied ropes around these high priest's waists in case they got knocked out dead so that they could pull the dead body out of the Holy of Holies. And just to set the scene, the Holy of Holies was not just like, oh, you walk into a church service and the altar is the Holy of Holies. It's not like that. The Holy of Holies was essentially, if there was a 60-foot curtain, I actually got the dimensions. 60 feet long, 30 feet wide, 8 centimeters thick, huge freaking curtain surrounding a section of a room. Are you hearing me? It wasn't just open for like all to see, right? It wasn't just, oh, that, that person's on the stage, so they must be anointed. It wasn't like that. You couldn't see in there. And even to add another layer, these highest, high, high priest kind of guys literally had to bring in something smoking, like an incense, in order to kind of fill the room so they couldn't see everything too clear. Are you hearing me? Do you get it? In the Holy of Holies, they would walk in with a burning incense full of, full of smoke. And they would just, let's, let's pretend. The curtain, or the, the rug here is the Holy of Holies. Okay, there's a huge freaking curtain surrounding that square. Okay, I am at the table of incense before I walk into the Holy of Holies, which is one of the stations in the tabernacle. Okay, and I then light the incense as a, okay, offering, an aroma of Christ. Yes, just like the way our worship interacts with the Lord. Yes. One day I'll teach the entire tabernacle and your mind will be blown, okay? But that's not for today, okay? A high priest lights this thing. It's smoking, 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 right? Filling, filling, filling the air. They then stick their arm in first in order to hopefully fill the room enough with smoke. They probably count to 30 or something. I don't know, Right? And just hopes, right? Because if the room's not smoky enough, they're done. <laughs> they get knocked out. Okay? Yes? Are you with me? Okay? So then they walk in past the curtain. The curtain shuts behind them. Huge, huge curtain. Yes? Also known as the veil. Yeah? Which is marriage talk, which I love. Yes? Beautiful. Okay? Walk in, and then they... We're in the presence of the Lord. And we, as New Covenant believers, are spoiled now. If I can use that language, yes? We're spoiled now because we don't have this imagery. We don't know the weightiness of the presence of the Lord. Yes? If we understood truly the presence of the Lord, that we could die in it, That we could die in it? Think, we would walk into sanctuaries and walk into places where we are aware of the Lord a little bit differently. Right? 
Are you hearing me? So this picture, I want to talk about it, okay? So this picture of the Holy of Holies is where Old Covenant believers, Jewish people, would say, hey, that's where you encounter the Lord. Us today, we say we can encounter the Lord wherever we want. Right? We say that. And that's, that's a very cool goal. Right? There's places that I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'll be honest. Okay? <laughs> if I'm in somewhere, that I, I, there's just places I can't encounter the Lord. Okay? Because my awareness is not there. But there's also places where I'm like, the table is set and I'm here to eat. Right? Do you get me? Are you with me? Okay. But to talk about Pentecost without talking about the veil first gives a disservice to what took place. Okay? So again, this veil was 60 feet long, 30 feet wide, 8 centimeters thick, huge. Yes? This weighed close to 4 tons, this curtain that surrounded the Holy of Holies. Close to 4 tons. And the veil, or the curtain, masked that Holy of Holies. So when we fast forward into what took place when Jesus died, we get a snapshot into who we are. So what took place when Jesus died? The veil tore. The veil tore. Which is interesting, right? Because immediately you think, you think, especially with that backdrop of the tabernacle, you think, whoa! I should go run because now the Spirit of God is everywhere. But what's weird is people actually crawled out of their graves instead of died. <laughs> and what's even weirder is that I came more alive in Him. And again, it's marriage talk, yes? So when, when you see, uh, everybody been to a wedding? You've never been to a wedding? That's really weird. If you've seen a movie about a wedding, they've got the, the woman comes down with the veil on, yes? Right? And it is a passing of a torch, of, if I can use that language, when the husband says, okay, you may kiss the bride. It is a snapshot, and it's biblical talk into intimacy that we get because that veil tore, because Jesus died. Because not everybody, as that veil tore and as it split, it wasn't as if a blob, which some people think that Holy Spirit acts in blob or flubber mentalities, where it just rushes out and it's like this big old tsunami wave. And it's like, oh my gosh! It doesn't work that way. He doesn't work that way. He's a person. Yes? He doesn't force himself on anybody but he will set the table for it, right? So when we talk about Pentecost and we talk about Pentecost Sunday, we have to figure out what we're actually stepping into when we acknowledge Pentecost. We're stepping into a permission of saying, Holy Spirit, live in me. 
And some of you are like, what? But it's an invitation that happened way, way long ago in Acts 2 that says, hey, I want you. Jesus started. Holy Spirit continues to woo. Yes? Are you with me? Does this make sense? The amazing thing is, is remember Old Covenant, we talk about, okay, only the high priest could walk in, right? New Covenant, what's that make me? Huh? Covered, okay. Okay. A high priest understood their inheritance. Yes? In order to have a priest, if I, if I can say it this way, if, in order for me to understand my priestly nature, I have to understand my inheritance. Okay? Are you with me? My inheritance doesn't start when I die. My inheritance starts today. Right? Yes? Okay? Or else we're discounting the work of the Spirit. Okay? My inheritance has begun the moment I got baptized with the Spirit. Yes? That's when all of that work starts. And I start acknowledging that I can't. The reality of heaven on earth is a real reality if I want to step into it in obedience. Yes? If I don't want to step into that obedience, I am withholding my own inheritance that the Father is freely giving. And when I'm talking inheritance, what I'm talking about is, if I can use this language, what I'm entitled to as a son, as a daughter. And that's not, that's not prodigal talk. <laughs> I can't go just like, Father, I need my blessing today. That doesn't work that way. What it, how it does work is I am stepping in confidence of who I am as a son and daughter. Yes? Not entitlement. Entitlement leads to victimhood. Correct? But entitlement of who my daddy is. If I can use that language. Right? In the world, in worldly culture, my dad has to die in order for me to get my inheritance. In kingdom culture, I have to die in order for, get, in order for me to get my dad's inheritance. What do I mean by that? Not a, okay, I got to go croak myself. But in a sense of I need to die to my flesh so I can be fully alive in who my dad is. Then I get to walk in an obedience and in a knowledge and in a trust of who my father is. Are you hearing me? New covenant, I have to die in order to get my dad's inheritance, my father's inheritance. Vice versa in our world. Yes? The 
to understand my inheritance is to understand my priesthood. He now calls us all priests. You're like, what? I didn't go to seminary. Neither did I. I didn't. That's okay. What it does mean is he has invited me by the work of his spirit into all things. All things. I don't need somebody else to interpret the scripture for me anymore. The work of the Spirit does that on my life. Right? That's why sometimes preaching is a weird thing. <laughs> right? And sometimes it's like, oh man, preaching is so difficult. No, it's not. It's written for you. You got the biggest cheat code in the book, right? It's so simple. Yeah? The way you communicate is a different story. Right? But it's all written for you. Because the work of the Spirit on our lives, it invites me into a deeper connection and deeper intimacy than anybody ever dreamt of, even David. David, it, oh man, if you told David what we have access to, David would have been like, frick, I knew there was something more. <laughs> right? Because he did. He knew there was something more. He did. And now we get it. And we get to stand in it, we get to sit in it, we get to marinate in it, and we're just like, oh yeah, it's Pentecost Sunday, it's another Sunday. It's actually Memorial Day, Lex. No, it's Pentecost Sunday. Memorial Day is tomorrow. <laughs> it's Pentecost Sunday. And there's a big old invitation that he's handing to every single one of us of deeper intimacy and deeper connection with him. And it all started when that veil tore and nobody fell over dead. Everybody knew there was something going on in the atmosphere, in the air, whatever you want to call it as, as you mystics, right? There was something going on that was about to change everything. Because then we had to wait 50 days. Right? We'd wait 50 days until we got the full picture of, whoa, this is what the Lord had in store. Jesus told us about it. Jesus said, hey, there's a better one coming. But then when we get to Pentecost and Acts 2 and the fire falls, hundreds and thousands and thousands and thousands of people are coming to know the Lord. And then wham! We get access to step into a new reality and a full picture of what the Lord had in store for us. So to glaze over Pentecost is to glaze over the work that he already has done on your life. And is to push it to the side and say, no, I'm the reason I understand scripture. <laughs> Oopsie. That's not good. There's things that I, yes, I can, I can help and interpret on my own because, again, the work of the Spirit's already on my life. And I know Him well enough that I can, help, I can help myself along, but it's all because of Him. Right? So I'll pose the question again. Why is Pentecost not celebrated like the rest? 
it's sad. I don't need, uh, yeah. Like Pentecost Sunday doesn't have an Easter bunny or Santa Claus even. That's maybe why. Maybe we could market it. That's another thing my buddy joked around with me about. It's just, it's just shocking. And how disrespectful. Let me, let me say it this way. How disrespectful to the third of who the Lord is. If I can use it, if I can even use that language. It's disrespectful. And I understand. I love Jesus. <laughs> I get it. I love him so much. But how disrespectful to the Holy Spirit to say, oh, you, eh, I'm numb to you. I'm entitled to this. I'm a, I'm a son. Oh, well, cool. But there was something that happened in between, and we need to celebrate the great lengths that the Lord went to. Otherwise, we're just naive. So I guess what I'm getting to is the presence of God has to kill you. The presence of God has to kill you. There's no way around it. And I know that sounds dark. I get it. But I don't know how any way other to say it. The presence of God has to kill you. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. If I'm fully alive, the presence of the Lord does not have me. But if he's killed me, he's got me. When Jesus died, there was no more need for a high priest to atone for sins because the highest priest just atoned for all sins. Did you hear me? You see the picture? You see the beauty and what the Lord did, right? Even everybody came in awe and wonder of like, whoa, Moses came down glowing from the Ten Commandments. But Paul writes, if the Ten came in such glory, what is about to follow will come in more immeasurable glory. Huh. What are we missing? What are we missing? Is it all just an awareness thing? I don't know. Is Holy Spirit just sick of being disrespected? No, because he will continue to pursue and continue to pursue. I truly think it's an awareness thing. Right? How many of you know that we're in the presence of the Lord still? Right now? Yeah? We have to come to that realization. Presence doesn't just leave when we take a bathroom break. The presence doesn't leave when we crack open a soda can. My awareness is the thing that controls whether I want to submit to him or not. Yes? Again, he's not going to force himself on anybody, but he will say yes to the willing. And he will say, oh, I've been waiting for that. Right? You with me? Does this make sense? The ultimate high priest tore the veil in two. 
through dying on the cross for our sins. So, I guess my thing is, is we need to celebrate this a little bit differently. And it might not be big old production services. It might not be celebrating 31 days of Christmas on ABC Family or whatever they do. It might not be an Easter egg hunt. But I think Holy Spirit deserves our attention. And I think if it were up to Jesus, he wouldn't want Santa Claus. And I think if it were up to Jesus, he wouldn't want the Easter Bunny. He would want, hey, look at how much I love you. That's what he'd want you to know. He wouldn't even want all eyes on him. He would probably just say, look at how much I love you. And the same cry exists through Pentecost. is look at how much I love you. That I'm willing to come reside in you and say, hey, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. How many of us want to be like Jesus? Only way to do that is through the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Hello? He did. He got baptized in water and in spirit. Nobody wants to talk about that because they feel like it diminishes his lordship. It doesn't. It affirms his lordship. It affirms who he is as Christ. That, hey, I've got Holy Spirit living in me before the veil is tore, before I died. I am the Christ, is what he's crying when that scene happens. When he's dunked underwater and comes back up and a dove descends, lands on his shoulder. And I'll take a liberty here. It never says the dove flew away. Okay? Sure, call me a heretic for that. Whatever. The dove never flew away. There is something about being aware. Bill Johnson puts it this way. How would you walk if there was a bird resting on your shoulder? Very carefully. You'd be aware of what frightens the bird. Be aware of what the bird, yeah, all of these kinds of things, right? You wouldn't go skydiving, right? You would be very, very aware. You would, you would curate your entire life and the way you walked and the way you talked and the way that you interact with people to make the bird feel comfortable. The bird was comfortable in the presence of sinners. The bird was comfortable. Do you get it? The bird obviously being representation of Holy Spirit. I need to attune my awareness to him all the time. And yeah, I know we have jobs. I know things get busy. I know things come up and are distracting. I'm, I'm in it. I get it. But what's more important? Him? Or the swirling circumstances around me? Oh, obviously it's him. If those are your two options, it's him, right? How do I fix my eyes on him more? And how do I, let's, let me just say it this way. If we were to truly honor Pentecost properly, 
I believe that we would go home from a place like this after a message as simple as this one is and say, Holy Spirit, thank you that you decide to stay with me and just honor him. Not it. Right? I'm sorry, but like, I love that we had a ministry time, but that ministry time would have sucked if the Holy Spirit wasn't in it. <laughs> right? All of the words would have fallen belly up, bro. They would have sucked. And like, that, what, what are you saying? I'm fine. <laughs> you know? Like, do you get it? But because of the work of the Spirit, we know how to pray and we know what to pray for. Why? Because he groans for us deeper than words. He's the one who is praying. He's the one who's interceding for us. We just need to latch on to his voice so that we know how to pray and what to pray. It's simple. It's not an escape room. It's not, oh gosh, I've got an hour to get out of this room. So I've got to push all the right buttons. I've got to figure out all the right codes. I've got to do all the right steps. I've got to crack the equation. I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do this. It's not that way. Because the spirit of confusion is not him. But man, he's simple, and he's intimate. Yes? All because a veil tore, and he decided to show up and invite us into our inheritance. Have you ever thanked your parents for just the way that they raised you? For digging their heels in? Right? Some of you guys are only here because of your parents. Digging their heels in, saying, I mean, Madison's testimony is her mom would literally dig her heels in because her dad was a deadbeat jerk. Her mom would stand her ground and say, no, we are not moving from this spot. Our faith is in the Lord. And that's why Madison is who she is today. That's why me and Madison ever even collided. If Madison took her dad's footsteps, we would have never met. But her mom said, nope, <laughs> this is who we are. Right? Your parents have maybe even done the same thing. You don't even know it. You get it? We need to remember whose we are and who we belong to. And stop being entitled brats. But understand that Holy Spirit gives us access to all things. You get it? Simple enough? It's Pentecost Sunday. We need to remember and celebrate it properly. Yes? Next year, Lord willing, if we're all still here, Pentecost Sunday is going to look a lot differently. Because if you hung around me enough, you understand that what we experience tonight is nothing. It's nothing. Last Pentecost Sunday that I had in my house church, oh boy. We saw people healed left and right and left and right. Legs grow. We saw it all. We've only scratched the surface 
You've only scratched the surface. Okay? I want more of him. And that only comes by an awareness to him and a submission to him. Yes? You with me? Everybody? How hungry are you for him? It's Pentecost Sunday. Go home. Get alone with him. Thank him for what he did, for what he's still doing, and what he's going to do. Yes? Cool. Well, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you did come, that you blew up the scene and said, hey, walk in intimacy with me. Thank you that you reside in us. And I pray for another measure of your presence, another measure of your spirit to overflow onto each individual right now in this room. And that you would birth a hunger and a thirst in every single person for you and you alone that we wouldn't look anywhere else. Not just for satisfaction, but that we wouldn't look anywhere else but you. That we would desire you. That we would love you. And that we would always have a spirit of thankfulness as we interact with you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. That you would fill And that you would touch every single heart here. In Jesus' name, amen.